Emergency services. Please, you gotta help me. There's this weird guy. Ma'am. Please. Ma'am, call us when you're dead. What the fuck? Welcome back, Callis, to another episode of Call Us When You're Dead. I'm Keith. And I'm Ryan. And on today's episode, we are covering the University of Alaska Fairbanks murder. You know, I've never been to Alaska, but I feel like it would be a fun place to go to. It, it, I, I completely agree. Probably not so fun to get murdered. Yeah, don't, don't go to places where uh, you get murdered. Right. I guess in other news... We are still bringing you guys a case. We're actually recording it in the middle of the worst thunderstorm that we've had in a while. Big, scary storm. Right. So you called me while I was at the store, and you were like, hey, make sure you're being careful going down this road because it's blocked off. A tree's just fallen. Our neighbor's tree broke in half and fell into the middle of the road. All right. Luckily, the road, then her house. Right. And but, then... But she was not home at the time. Right. Right. And the neighbors have come and they are doing stuff. So you guys might hear sounds while this is going on of either the thunderstorm or them, you know, cutting up the tree because it's kind of closer to the front part of our house. Even though we're near the back, you know, as we record, we just, you know. Right. But we're dedicated to get you your episode because you know you need to hear our voices. Yeah. You know, and so it just needed to happen. We wanted to get it done. Uh, mostly because we're not sure. There, there's another round of storms coming in later on, so we're not sure if the episode will even be out at midnight tonight or not until later on today, which I think we need to kind of discuss that a little bit, that we are going to start releasing them more in the afternoon on Tuesday, just because <laughs> it's hard to record and then turn around and edit it all and have it done in time. Right. But the important thing is, we have consistently stuck with right. a, a, at some point, Tuesday release date. So yes, you we will can always get an episode on Tuesday. Please between between 12.01 a.m. and 11.59 p.m. on Tuesdays, yes. you will get an episode. You will always get an episode. There's just been a couple of times now that... It was uh, later in the day. It was later in the day, and that's because we it's been harder to edit something, or things have come up, and... You know, life still does go on. Right. So please be patient with us. We will always give you an episode on Tuesday. The times just may vary. And we appreciate the continued support. Yes, we do. Which leads us into some shout-outs. Shout-outs. We love doing our shout-outs. We have Scott H., Monica H., and Jason S. Thank you guys so much for being callers. We would probably still do this, but yeah. having you around just makes it feel so much better. Thank you, guys. And now, Ryan, would you like to lead us into Season 3, Episode 5, The University of Alaska Fairbanks Murders? Absolutely. Let's do this. So do you have fun facts for me about Alaska? I I, I do have some uh, fun facts for you about the University of Alaska Fairbanks. Okay, and what are they? Well, it was established in 1917 and opened for classes in 1922. It was originally named the Alaska Agricultural College and School of Mines. Of mines? Like like I'm mining for something? That's what I think. But they, they went with the... Or is it mine? <laughs> but they went with the University of Alaska in 1935. 
I guess, yeah, because I don't think you need the school or mines. Right, it just probably rolls off the tongue better. <laughs> Unless you're being like, it's a mine school. <laughs> <laughs> the total amount of students enrolled as of spring 2022 is about 6,800. Remember last week in the University of Iowa story, there was like 30,000 students. Right. It's a huge difference, but I guess I guess that should be expected considering it was it's Alaska. Right. I was gonna say we're in Alaska. How many people are actually going to the frozen tundra? <laughs> no offense to Alaska, I'm sure it's beautiful. <laughs> Sarah Palin. Yes, you got you got that going for you. Mm-hmm. She can see Russia from her home, don't you know? <laughs> Their sports teams are known as the Alaskan Nanooks. What is a Nanook? Well, I'm glad you asked. Nanook drives from the Inuit language, meaning master of bears. So you're me, they've decided we're the Nanooks and we're masters of bears, but all of the things they play with come from pig. <laughs> okay. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm just reading the facts. I just want to see one of them fight a bear. Because <laughs> you get one bear gun in Alaska. <laughs> Notable alumni include nobody we know. Some Alaskan listeners may know some, so here they are. Jay Hammond, fourth governor of the state of Alaska. Bob Bartlett, first Alaska senator. And George Polk, who the George Polk Award for Journalism is named after. I actually think I might know who Bob Bartlett is because I want to say he died in a real weird way and that there's a whole podcast about Bob Bartlett, because they don't know if he's actually dead or not. I I mean, if he's not dead, he'd be about 140 right now. Right. So I'm going to go with he's dead. Right. But I want to say, like, at the time, they didn't think he was. I mean, I mean, that's... Because there was some, like, mob-affiliated stuff with him. I think that would be very interesting, though, if it's true. Just mob up in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to I'll have to double check and I'll talk about it next week if that was who it was or not because there was this whole like uh, missing in Alaska podcast. I want to say that's what it was called. Oh yeah, I remember hearing about that in the but, radio. But I want to say Bob Bartlett was who it was about. Oh, that's interesting. Either Bob Bartlett or Jay Hammond. When one of those two, I want to say is who that's about. Huh. interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well. There are some fun facts about the University of Alaska Fairbanks. Now, let's move on to the case and jump into that time machine and head back to April 25th, 1993. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the time machine at all times. Here we are going to meet a bubbly 20-year-old named Sophie Sergey. Before we actually get into that night, let's talk a little bit about Sophie. She was born in 1973 in a little village called Pickus Point, Alaska. Now, when we say little, we mean tiny. The population today is about 120 people. Can, can, can you imagine living in a town with 120 people? I seriously cannot imagine being in any kind of town without that. Okay, so you know how you always hear, oh, like, everybody is in everybody's info. Like, we all right, know right. it's a small town. You hear that in every true crime documentary. We were a small town, and we everybody knew everybody. When there is 120 of you, everybody knows everybody, <laughs> and y'all went to the same school, y'all graduated at the I, same time. I'd, I'd believe it if they said everybody knows everybody. everybody there, <laughs> right, and everybody hates. Do you think they have, like, a Facebook page in 
like everybody's friends with fucking everybody in the whole damn town. Oh yeah, you know, and there's always <laughs> that one person that's left out. The the like Janice down the street fucked up one time and was told to bring potato salad. And she brought macaroni salad. Macaroni salad. I said macaroon salad, which I don't know what that would be like, but that might be delicious. <laughs> um, she brought macaroni salad one time to that 120 people gathering, and the town has never forgiven her. Everybody quick went on their phone and unfriended her ass. Right. She went, <laughs> oh, it's like the South Park episode. Oh, where it's that one kid is like... Yeah, he has no friends, and then he has all the friends, and then no friends. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Okay, okay, sorry. Sidetracked for a second. (sighs) Sophie's initial dream was to join the U.S. Navy, but standing at only four feet, nine inches tall, she was considered to be too short. Okay, listen here, U.S. Navy. If somebody wants to join (laughs) you, let them join. Because what what if you got a small area? Do you need a six-foot-tall man getting in there? (laughs) Or do you need somebody that's short enough to be pint-sized? To get up in there. I think we let pint size go into the small hole before the six foot tall man that can't get his fucking arms through get out. There's a special pint size division. Oh my God. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Send in the littles. Send in the four footers. <laughs> so instead, she wanted to be the first in her family to attend and graduate college. That's a wonderful, you know, wonderful. Yeah. You were the first to graduate college. I was. Family. I yes. think my mom was the first to graduate college in our family. So, you know, wonderful things. Yeah. Her area of study was marine biology. Thanks to the full ride scholarship she received to the U- University of Alaska Fairbanks, her backup dream was well on its way. I mean, that that is a nice way to get it done. A full ride, nothing wrong with that. Right, I would, if I had a full ride, I would probably go to college now, but I do not, and I would not want to go. Right, shit's expansive. Mm-hmm. We should also note that in 1992, Sophie took a leave of absence from school because she needed orthodontic work and jaw surgery to fix a severe overbite. So she returned to work at the school in her hometown of Pitkus Point to get that insurance. You know, you know, employer employer insurance. Right. It's always a good thing to have. Mm-hmm. However, her follow-up appointments would take place in Fairbanks, Alaska. So to save the money, she would stay back at the University of Alaska Fairbanks uh, in the dorm rooms with her friend Shirley Wasuli. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. We are sorry for all the background. But hopefully we're all on the same page now. Right. This brings us to Sunday, April 25th, 1993. Sophie was in town because she had one of her follow-up appointments the following day. Sophie, Shirley, and Shirley's boyfriend, Noah, were all hanging out in Shirley's dorm room. They ordered a pizza, watched a movie, and enjoyed each other's company. College kids just being college kids. Nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. I used to do that when I lived in a dorm room-like setting. We would order pizza and just sit there all day long. (laughs) As it neared one in the morning, they decided to call it a night. Like previous times before when Sophie came into town, Shirley would let Sophie stay in her dorm room alone, and she would go stay at Noah's place for the night. I mean, that's that's nice of uh, Shirley to do that. I feel like that's really nice. You know, let Sophie still, like, have her own... Right, like, personal space. Yeah. You know, because she, yeah, I, yeah. And it would just give Shirley an excuse to go see Noah. To go her, see Noah, yeah. To go stay at Noah's place. Before Shirley and Noah left, 
Sophie asked where she could smoke a cigarette. You know, a little smoke break. She didn't want to go outside because Alaska weather was doing Alaska things. It was below freezing out. Yeah, I'd, I'd be like, fuck that too. I'd be like, I'm smoking in the dorm. I don't <laughs> care if the alarm goes off. Shirley said that she could go down the hall and smoke in the bathrooms because the vents in there would suck up the smoke, you know, and vent- ventilate it outside. Right. So Vents that, are going to vent? Is that what you're telling vents me? Vents are going to vent, and Alaska weather is going to Alaska weather. Mm-hmm. So and Bears will bear in Alaska. <laughs> bears will bear. Doesn't matter what your name is, you aren't conquering the bear. <laughs> so that's exactly what Sophie did. She, she headed down the hall to the bathroom to have her little smoke break. Shirley and Noah would end up leaving before Sophie would return. Shirley left... Sophie a note letting her know that she left Noah's room for the night. That is real suspect to me. Why's that? Why would you not wait for your friend, your best friend, to come back so you could be like, hey, let me give you a hug goodbye. Me and Noah are going to leave. I mean, she maybe she was, I don't know, like, the proximity. Maybe it was, like, a long walk, and then I don't know... Maybe her smoke breaks aren't two minutes, and they're like 30 minutes, and it's already like after one in the clock in the morning, and they're just tired, and they still got to go back to Noah's place. I don't know. Like, I can tell you that if I pulled some shit like this with Erie, she would hunt me down. (laughs) She'd be so mad at me if I was just like, here's a note, bye. Maybe Shirley is very awkward at goodbyes, but she was like, oh, so I don't got to do that. It's like a you and Tom situation. Because, like, Tom is your best friend, and he's come over, we've gone to bed, and there's no Tom the next morning. (laughs) So, Well, well, sometimes Tom just Toms. Right. I don't know. I I don't get worried. It's like, okay, I'm going to bed, and if he's still there, okay, and if he's there when we wake up, okay, and if he's gone, oh, okay. Right, and then other times (laughs) he just reappears, Tom does Tom. Tom does Tom. We love you, Tom. You're funny. Yeah, okay, I guess... I have to I have to see it in that light. Maybe this isn't as <laughs> weird to me. Now on to April 26, 1993. Shirley came back to her dorm room to notice it was unlocked. The TV was on. The lights were still on. The bed was still made. Shirley initially thought that she was just in the community-like bathrooms getting ready for the day. Wait, so she thinks that Sophie is in the bathroom still? Yeah, she's she's okay. thinking that, you know, she just was watching TV, she made the bed, and just left everything on, and then went down to the, okay. like, you know, the community-like bathrooms to start getting ready for the day. So, Shirley goes down to the bathrooms and calls out to him, Sophie, are you here? And heard a voice respond, yeah, I'm here. Shirley was satisfied with that and got ready herself and headed back to her dorm. She left another note for Sophie and started her day. Okay, I wouldn't be okay with that. And this is why. You only hear what you think is your friend's voice. Right. I would need, like, visual. Right. You need need the visual. Especially when some weird, like, you come back in, your room is unlocked, your lights are on, your TV's on, the bed is made. I would, I don't know, something in my spidey senses would be like, this is weird. (laughs) Yeah, I I completely agree. That that one is a little uh, sus. Especially because if clearly Shirley has let Sophie stay the night, 
stuff like that. But like you would think Sophie would be like, oh, I'm going to take the key with me to get in and out of the dorm and not leave the dorm unlocked. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's... Because when you... I, I guess like when you've lived in a dorm room situation before, like I have, uh, that is the number one rule. You always take your key with you. You always relock your door because you don't know who's going to break in. Yeah, that that that's fair. And, and Sophie has lived in those dorms, and so she would know that. But again, maybe maybe the culture up in Alaska at the University of Alaska Fairbanks is you know different, where it's a leave the doors unlocked and everyone come on in type of deal. Okay. I'm just saying we don't we don't know how they are up there. I mean, it is 1993. It is 1993, and it's fucking Alaska. <laughs> Around 2:40 in the afternoon, janitors were cleaning the bathroom in Shirley's dorm. There, they found Sophie dead in the bathtub near the shower stalls. Wait, they had bathtubs and shower stalls. Yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. Like in this like community like bathroom, there was like bathroom stalls, and then there's showers, and then there was one bathtub. That's weird. Like, was it in the middle of, like, everything where you could just walk up and see it? Or was it... That, I don't know. Was it, like, Game of Thrones bathtub? (laughs) I'm assuming they would have a privacy curtain in the bathtub, but... Okay. I don't know. I thought that was kind of neat, too, that they they had a bathtub. Hmm. According to the court documents, quote, she had multiple stab wounds on the right side of her face, and her face was covered in dried blood. And... Sophie's clothing and hair were damp, indicating that the water had been run after she was placed in the tub. When her body was removed from the tub, investigators discovered she had also been shot in the back of the head, end quote. Okay, so let me let me get this straight. Okay. She was she was stabbed in the face on the right side of her face, and then she was placed in the bathtub. Is that what they're saying? Like somebody picked her up and put her into the bathtub? I am I am assuming so, uh, or she could have been killed somewhere in the bathroom and then moved to the bathtub. And then the person then shot her in the back of the head while she was in the bathtub. I mean, this is this is according the according to the court documents from what the police discovered or noticed, and they were just documenting it. Well, it makes me wonder if she wasn't dead yet when she was put into the bathtub. I mean, it's can absolutely speculate that, you know, it, it's hard to say when she was shot, when she was stabbed, okay, and, then, and when she was moved. I have another question. Do they think that all of this happened in the bathroom? Because if so, why did nobody hear a gunshot? It was early in the morning, you know, because it was after it was after 1 a.m. I'd assume after 2 a.m. But yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe... uh the gun didn't make much noise. Well, no, because when, or, when Sophie comes back, it's it's early in the morning, and she believes that she's heard... Shirley. Shirley. Yeah, when Shirley comes back. Right, it's early, and she believes that she's heard Sophie in the bathroom. Correct. And what time was that But she said that? That was in the morning. Right, and so in 2.40 in the afternoon, they find her body. So that just brings me to how did nobody... Nobody heard a gunshot because at that point you think kids are coming and going. But as you said, it was just a, yeah, I'm here. There wasn't no visual. So it could have just been another girl in there. Ha ha ha. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. And it actually wasn't her. Okay. Okay. I will go with that then. You know, it's. Or is this what Shirley is trying to say to cover her tracks? 
I mean, that could be too. Okay. So, yeah, it's just kind of all speculation and what, you know, police investigators and people just think when they hear about it and read this case. Now, I wish we had more to this part of the case, but unfortunately we don't. We don't know if it was because of, like, really shoddy investigation work or a just real lack of evidence. But they questioned a few people and were unable to make an arrest out of it. Yet, the investigators were able to get a DNA sample from Sophie's body. However, it would just sit there because back then, fancy DNA technology was still young. I don't... Did it even exist? I don't know, but it was practically non-existent in Alaska because they were the last to get it. Right. And there it would sit and sit and sit until the end of 2018. Holy crap. 25 years. Yes. The case would go cold for 25 years. That is crazy to me. That That is almost as bad as Golden State Killer. Oh, right. Yeah. For the amount of time, you know. Oh, I, I'm, gl- I'm glad you bring up Golden State Killer. Ooh. Oh, God. He's not involved, is he? No, no, he's not. But, okay. But how they, how they get to their suspect... Is the same way? Is the exact same way. Holy Jesus. Okay. So now we're in 2018, and a woman who submitted her DNA to one of those genealogical websites did more than just provide DNA. She also provided a match to the DNA that was gathered 25 years ago from Sophie. Oh, crap. According to the charging documents filed in 2019, it states, quote, Through a thorough process of elimination... The lab determined that the known relative of the DNA profile had one possible second-degree relationship with a male relative. Okay. Her nephew, Stephen H. Downs. Holy shit. Is this the dude that we covered in Survivors? Uh, no. This is not the one that attacked that little girl? No. Okay. This guy has zero priors, nothing except for a few traffic violations. Okay, because I thought that this was the one that had attacked the little eight-year-old. I thought they had the same name. I mean, it's possible that they had the same name, but no, it's not the same person. Because it noted that this guy wasn't in the database. Okay. So that that's I'm assuming that guy would be in the database in this. Right. This guy was not other than a few uh, traffic violations, and you don't gotta... Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I kind of asked, but Stephen Downs, you may be wondering, in 1993, he was an 18-year-old student at the University of Alaska Fairbanks. He was actually staying in the same dorm where the murder occurred, but he lived on the floor above them. The police did actually interview Stephen back in 1993, but didn't have any evidence to arrest him, or he just had a real solid story. (laughs) You're right. I mean, just... There, there was not much uh, information when I researched the investigation itself, so I wasn't able to, you know, break down who they interviewed. But okay. if, if they did mention Stephen's interview, and they're like, oh, did you do it? He's like, no, I was with a friend. And they're like, oh, okay. Okay, so you feel like this was maybe some missed opportunities. Yeah, some missed opportunities and kind of shoddy police work. But again... I, I don't know, just from what little, very little facts that were about it, that's what I would speculate. I'm going to say when there's little, like, evidence to be shown, it was because they don't want you to know, like, the lack <laughs> of work that they really did right. in doing this. 
Now, in 2019, the police obtained a warrant for Stephen Downs' DNA to confirm the match of the DNA taken from Sophie and to search his house. Not only was it a 100% match, the police also found a gun in his home that would match the description of the firearm used to shoot Sophie. Stephen was arrested the very next day. Why was he not arrested that day? Because it's just the... Because technically there wasn't proof. Because we need to have a 24-hour gap so they can play the runaway game? <laughs> and they, they needed the 24-hour to process his DNA and, and do all that stuff. Because technically, you know, technically, just because you have a warrant to collect something doesn't mean you get to arrest him that day. Maybe put him in a hold cell? I mean, I'm sure they could have probably found some BS charges to make sure that, uh... I, do you need them? Like, hey, you are a suspect now in a 25-year-old cold case. We're going to keep you here for a day or two to ask us some more questions. Uh, yeah, I wish it was it was that simple. I don't... I Oh, Jesus Christ. That was a big old bright lightning right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, it was. I'm sorry. Cut that one out. That would be funny. <laughs> okay. Now, as God himself is speaking to the anger of this, uh, why don't you take us to trial? All right. <laughs> We're getting there, God. We promise. <laughs> so, as we just stated a second ago, Stephen Downs was arrested. Thankfully, bail was denied considering the solid evidence against him. You mean this is the time that the judge didn't say, oh, look at the cute little man. <laughs> Do you just need a little papa and a little bit of a cuddle? Right, it's hard to deny it when the DNA matches. We go home, go home, suck your sunfred. Well, as usual, it took forever to go to trial. And as of February 10th of 2022, you know, this year, the jury found him guilty of sexual assault and first-degree murder. Four years? Yeah, yeah, three. Jesus. Okay, you have the right to a speedy trial. <laughs> He, he must not invoke that right. I don't think you have to invoke it. I think it's just a given. Yeah. Why? I'm not mad that he got caught, clearly, and I'm not mad that he's been found guilty. What I'm mad about is that this was three more years that Sophie's family didn't have justice. I mean... That they had to wait, because you would feel like if you've, you've arrested somebody, you have the evidence to arrest them. Why are you now waiting another three years? And the only other thing that I could think is maybe COVID. Yeah, COVID, but also, you know, to build the case. Okay. You know, how many how many times have feel- we seen cases where it's where they thought they had a solid shut yeah. case and then something the, came through. Yeah. The defense attorney poked a hole in it and then they were free to go. Yeah, yeah. I guess and in this one you really want. And as far as Sophie's family goes, it's like they knew there was a 100% match. So it's, they had to have known in their heart of hearts that they, they got the guy, the right he's in jail, he's not getting out. Okay, I'll and get off those, my soapbox, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so the judge scheduled sentencing for September 26th and 27th of 2022, so next month. Oh, wow. So this case is still technically ongoing. Although we could confidently speculate that he'll get life in prison, as Alaska does not do the death penalty. But we will give you updates when it happens. Correct. And there you have it. That is the University of Alaska Fairbanks murder cold case gone solved. That was a bit of a wild ride. Okay, I won't lie. I really thought Noah or his girlfriend did it. Yeah, 
Uh, well, just doing the research and how much Noah and Shirley actually just kept coming up, I thought they were going to be the prime suspects. But okay. In my mind, I thought they, they they tell this like wild tale, like, oh, we left a note, oh, I heard her voice, yada, yada, yada. I really thought that maybe Noah had had a thing for like Sophie and came back and tried to attack her and then murdered her. I really thought that's where this case was going to go. And that Shirley helped cover it up because she was in love with Noah. I mean, that... Man, that would be some hardcore Jerry Springer shit right there. But we've seen cases like that. Yeah, we have. We have. Yeah. Like, there's that whole, like, murdered for love or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We've we've seen things like that. That would be a great season, actually. Murdered for love. Um, Put it on the board. Right. So, in my mind, I really just thought that's where we were going with this. And instead... No, it just took a left turn on me. Yeah, yeah. And it was the upstairs neighbor. Yeah. And and to think, he would have gotten away with it if not for his aunt, who was curious on the genealogy thing. Right. And it got him busted. It's That's just mind-blowing. Like, okay, if I do the genealogy thing, how, how many of my relatives and ancestors am I going to be get, ready to throw, throw into jail? jail. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Some of you in my family. Mm-hmm. I might be doing some swabbing swabs. But yeah, so that's exactly how Golden State Killer was Yeah, exactly. Caught. And I, he was caught the same year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, 2018 is when he was caught. Oh, there you go. Because I, I'll never forget him being caught. That was so crazy because we we now do live in a day and age where DNA has come so far that we can backtrack it and be like, oh, so you were a relative of that person. Right. And it's a lot more reliable than a lie detector test. Right. Because DNA is admissible. Lie detector tests are not. Right. Which brings me to why do we even use those anymore if you can't use them in court? <laughs> I mean, I I still feel it's to, like, get a good lead, maybe, possibly. But we've seen them backfire so many yeah, times. Yeah, we have. But at the same time, if you have absolutely nothing to go on, right, and it might get a little spark, right, you might be able to turn it into a full-blown fire. But on the other side, it can also lead the cops to just having blinders on. Yep, and we've seen that several times. Yes, we have. As you know, we always give out numbers here for anything that we've talked about and even though we don't know if she was sexually assaulted or not well we have to assume because he was found guilty of sexual assault right we we are going to assume it because even though like we didn't see the evidence for it that doesn't mean there wasn't evidence it just wasn't brought up on our right mind. there wasn't much detail on the dna collected right um but so we are going to give that number out because we've hinted at it so the National Sexual Assault Hotline number is 800-656-4673 or 800-656-HOPE. That number is for you or anybody that you know that may have been or is currently being a victim of sexual violence. So, yeah, there you have it. Yeah, I, I really like this case. I, I did too. It was uh, it was a little bit more challenging just because it was a cold case. I don't think we've done a no, we have a cold we case kind of like this. Talked about a while back of like trying to stay away from cold cases in a way, right? Um, just because there's a lot that you don't know about them, or DNA gets messed up, or you know things get lost, and 
they can become very frustrating in the end. And uh, eventually, I'm sure we will do a season where we deal with cold cases that have been solved, but we're just not to that point of wanting mentally, I think, to deal with that. Sure. Um, I think that's the best way of putting it. Yeah. Because there's there's far more digging that needs to be done, and that sometimes can lead you into... And in the end, if it's a cold case and it's still cold, it's a lot of digging for no answers. Right, right. And where you're wanting to get victims out there and let them be known, and I understand that cold case victims they aren't known, typically because they are cold cases. But we have seen in other shows where cold cases that have never gotten solved... They weren't solved because the victim was the victim of their own circumstance, being that of like suicide. Yeah. You know, and that they looked, it looked like something that it truly wasn't. And we just don't know if we want to go down that road yet, but we might eventually. We're not taking it off the table. It's just a hard one to make that call on. So if you callers think that that's a season you'd be interested in, uh, let us know and we will go from there. But if it's something that you feel like you wouldn't be interested in, let us know as well. But regardless. And, and they can let us know on our socials. Yes. With Facebook.com slash Call Us Dead. Or you can tell me on TikTok at Call Us When Dead. Or you can email us at Call Us Dead at Yahoo.com to tell us what you thought about the case, ask questions, or suggest some cases, or just to say hi. Mm-hmm. Remember also to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. Tell your friends about us. Tell them to also rate, review, and subscribe. And then tell them to tell someone else about Mm -hmm. us. And then tell them to tell somebody else to tell them to rate and review us as well. Well, you had a whole lot of head bob there. Hell yeah, five stars, bitches. (laughs) But until then, remember to stay strong. Do everything with love. No, there's always hope. And if you forget, you can always call call us us when when you're dead. This brings us to Sunday, April 25th. Oh my gosh. 24? What number was that? Does that come between Emily and Oogie? That's what it came between. I'm going to redo that one and you can just take that out later on. Okay. Um, Because she had not, she had, oh my gosh, what is wrong? Goodness. Her follow up appointments to the following day. To the following day. To the following day. You're just giving me blooper gold right now. I know. I'm so sorry. Gosh. Give me a second. I clearly am. Sorry, I am like moving around a lot right there. My back got uncomfortable.